Today, we're talking about Wakori High School shooting that took place on September 24th, 2003 in Cold Spring, Minnesota. Hi, this is Tony. This is Jay. And it's nice to be back. And I hope everyone's doing well. Today, we are talking about Wakori High School shooting. Wakori High School is located in Cold Spring, Minnesota. It's about 20 miles southwest of St. Cloud. And the shooter is 15-year-old John Jason McLaughlin. And the victims is Seth Bardo, a freshman who was 15 years old, and Aaron Rollins, a senior who was 17 years old. But, but, but before we start talking about the shooting, we're gonna talk about the victims first. And as I said, the victims, um, the victim was 15 year old Seth Barto. And Seth Barto um, was a freshman who liked to skateboard and snowboard. Um, people describe him as quiet, but a good kid. Um, he also liked to he liked extreme sports. One of his friends said that he was basically good at every extreme sport and he was just built for it. And others said the same thing, that he was well-liked and had many friends. And the second victim was Aaron Rollins. He was a senior who enjoyed the outdoors. He was social, athletic, and often had a pleasant word for passing teachers and classmates. He worked at the local Subway sandwich shop. Um, Aaron, they said, many people said that he always had a smile on his face whenever they saw him. And Rollins, or Aaron, was, a t he, had, he had a twin brother. Oh, really? Yeah, his twin brother was Adam. And someone said that um, anywhere you saw one of them, you saw both of them. Um, they went to basketball camp together. They liked to play baseball and football and they like boating, hunting, and fishing. So now let's get to the sh what happened with the shooting. Okay. The shooting happened on September 24th, 2003. Um, John showed up, um, arrived at the school with a loaded gun, caught? He came to school, caught. Caught, yeah, okay. A 22 caliber handgun which was his father's. Yep, and he intended to kill Seth Burton, Bertel, mm -hmm. um, who Mick Langland claimed bullied him over his acne. Yeah, they said that he has severe acne. Yeah, I saw some of the photos and it looked like he did. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. Um, John met Seth and Aaron as they were exiting the school locker room, and he shot at Seth, hitting him in the chest, and then he fired a second shot at Seth, which missed and hit Aaron in the neck, killing him instantly. Seth is attempted to flee the scene, but was followed by John, who fired another shot at Seth, hitting him in the forehead. Um, and then the gym coach, Mark Johnson, then confronted John, who instantly banished the gun at Johnson and then emptied the bullets from the gun and dropped it. Um, Johnson secured the gun and took John to the school office. Mm -hmm. Seth, unfortunately, was taken to the St. Cloud Hospital uh, where he was treated for a severe head wound and brain trauma. 
Unfortunately, he died 16 days later on October 11, 2003. Yeah, that was, yeah. And also, I have a little bit more details because mm-hmm. I have some court papers here. Oh, cool. And it said that on, it, this happened, as you said, on September 24, 2003. And McLaughlin, as you said, had his father's semi-automatic um, 22 caliber pistol, and he had put it in his gym bag. And he brought it into school with the intention to shoot some people. Um, and he wanted to hurt um, Bartow because of the teasing. And so Bartow and McLaughlin had physical education class together. So McLaughlin bought the gun to the boys' locker room and cocked it in the bathroom so no one would see it. He then hid the gun in his gym bag and sat on a bench and waited for Bartow. So when everybody went back into the locker room, you know, people changed clothes and whatnot. And then as Bartow was leaving, McLaughlin followed him out of the locker room. And then he, um, and so he followed him out of the locker room into the hallway where he fired the gun at him and hit Bartow. And as you said, he hit Bartow um, in the chest first, and then he shot a second time and hit Aaron Rollins, and Aaron Rollins died instantly. Mm-hmm. And then he shot a second um, shot at Bartow. I mean, he shot Bartow again a second time. Mm-hmm. And they said that the distance of where he shot him was 18 inches to three feet. So it was pretty close when oh, he okay. shot him the second time, which is really sad. And then they said that Bartle collapsed instantly and McLaughlin started to walk away. Mm -hmm. And then the coach, the physical education teacher, was completing some paperwork in the gym when he heard the the second shot. And so the gym teacher um, stood up from his seat in the bleachers and began to walk towards Bartle's and then toward McLaughlin. And then McLaughlin raised the gun and pointed it at Johnson. Johnson stopped immediately, raised his hands up and said, stop in a loud voice. Then McLaughlin lowered the gun, ejected the remaining shells onto the floor, dropped the gun. And then Johnson picked it up, grabbed it and took him into the office. Okay. Ah, oh, that's just horrible. Mm-hmm. So then, um, as you said, Bardo died 16 days after the shooting. Yeah. yeah, that is so sad. But then um, there was a trial. Yep, so on to the trial. So the trial began on July 5th, 2005, and McLaughlin was tried as an adult. Mm-hmm. And the defense did argue that John only wanted to scare them and not kill them. Um, although the prosecution argued that the deaths were premeditated, as John had stated to the police that he had planned the shooting several days in advance. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, six mental health experts were also brought into court, um, and three of them diagnosed him with schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other three diagnosed him with major depression and remission and an emerging personality disorder. Right. So they diagnosed him with schizophrenia, mm-hmm. and some people don't know what schizophrenia is. Oh, okay. So I did a little bit of research about that. And schizophrenia is a mental disorder characterized by abnormal behavior, strange speech, and a decreased ability to understand reality. Other symptoms include false beliefs, unclear or confused thinking, hearing voices that don't exist, reduced social engagement and emotional expression, and a lack of motivation. Um, People with schizophrenia 
schizophrenia often have additional mental health problems such as anxiety, depression, or substance use disorders. Mm -hmm. um, symptoms usually come on gradually, but they begin in young child, child or young adulthood. Mm -hmm. So like usually late college and then, I mean late high school and then early college, wow. right? Yeah, I believe so. Mm -hmm. Young adulthood. And in many cases, they never resolve. Mm -hmm. um, in 2013, there were an estimated 23.6 million cases globally. And males are more often affected and on average experience more severe symptoms. Mm -hmm. And then a personality disorder would also take in antisocial personality disorder, which I think is also often classified as uh, psychopathicness. And then uh, borderline personality disorder, and then also narcissism as well. Wow. Mm -hmm. So McLaughlin was found guilty yeah. of first and second degree murder. And then the sentencing was on August, in August 2005. He was sentenced with two consecutive, consecutive prison sentences. Um, he was sentenced to life in prison for first degree murder and then 12 years in prison for second degree murder. And prior to the sentencing, McLaughlin's lawyers attempted to declare him insane mm -hmm. at the time of the shooting um, because they wanted him to be sentenced to a mental health hospital instead of a correctional facility. But the court declined to excuse McLaughlin from criminal liability, and the court found that McLaughlin knew it was wrong to shoot the victims and that he failed to establish a mental health defense. Mm -hmm. So he was sentenced and then on top of that, he was ordered to pay restitution in the amount of 15,000 to the Minnesota Crime Victims Reparations Board. Which is actually a state program mm -hmm. that was established by the legislation in 1974 to help victims with their financial losses and aid and their recovery from a violent crime. That's wonderful, mm -hmm. that's wonderful. So he's currently serving his time at the Minnesota Correctional Facility in Stillwater, and he'll be eligible for parole um, in 2038, which means he'll be around 50 years old, mm -hmm. and currently he is 30 years old. Oh, wow. Because mm -hmm. it was in 2003 when he was oh, 15 wow. years old. Yeah. So now he's 30 years old. And then in September 2006, the families of the victims um, filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the McLaughlins, the Recorey School District, and the former Recorey High School principal. And the family alleged that the school district had prior knowledge of the shooting about a week before it occurred and that it could have been prevented. And they were able to settle out of court for $200,000. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's so sad. That is a very, that's very sad. And I think I was thinking about that. The really sad that both of these young people, 15-year-old freshman, um, passed away, and then um, the senior, mm -hmm. um, Aaron Rollins, passed away. But technically, Aaron Rollins was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right, which is the sad part. Yeah. And also, doesn't from what I read, it seems like he didn't intentionally shoot him. It seemed like... He was pointed at um, Seth, mm -hmm. and then he just shot him in the neck. Yeah, it, yeah, because he was pointed at Seth, but it missed Seth and shot him, in the, and he mm -hmm. died instantly. Which ah, is so sad. That is so sad. Because it's so random. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't expect it. 
And the really sad part is these young people died the way that they did. But three families mm-hmm. are devastated. Mm-hmm. And the, also the, just the school in general. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is just so sad. And our deepest condolences to um, the victims, to Aaron Rollins' family and Seth Bartle's family. That is just so sad that something mm-hmm. like that happened at school the way that it did. Right. And if you are a someone who is being bullied, um, some of the things that you can do about that is to tell. Mm-hmm. Is to um, tell your family, tell the school, um, have your voice and let people know exactly what's going on and see if there's a way mm-hmm. to maybe talk it out or find another way to deal with that because... Um, never should take somebody's life right. like that. And also uh, for therapy as well. You don't mm-hmm. have to go to therapy actually in person. There's like a bunch of online therapists now as well. That's right. Which is very helpful if you don't want to talk to someone in person. That's really nice to be able to do it like Skype right. thing or FaceTime. Yeah, and then they'll just like assign someone to you. And I think you can also, if you don't like that therapist, you can just get another one. Just like dismiss them and then get another one. So you're not like stuck with one therapist as well. That's a good point therapist um a lot of people say that they don't want a a therapist they have bad um situations that happen Mm -hmm. with therapists which i can see Mm -hmm. however don't ever think that you have to stay with this one therapist exactly finding a therapist you go through maybe several different therapists before you find the one that fits you Mm -hmm. don't settle for one exactly find the one that fits you Mm -hmm. and also if you are being bullied at school, online schooling is also an option. Because for online schooling, even if it's like in St. Paul and you're in like Plymouth or something, can't you go to the school in St. Paul and it would be online? Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to stay in your school district, right? Or is St. Paul? Um, like there are, they say that the online schooling headquarters is in St. Paul. Uh-huh. You don't have to live in St. Paul to do the online school, and you can live anywhere in the state. Exactly. However, your school, from what I understand, whatever school district that you're living in will be over you and monitoring you to make sure that you're keeping up Mm -hmm. and um, will get your school records. Yeah. However, you can still do online schooling even if you're not in that St. Paul school district. Uh Uh-huh. And a lot of people think of homeschooling as, like, your parent has to be there. But with online school and there's so many teachers mm-hmm. and then the live lessons, so you're basically in school by your, with your, you know, you're, um, in a class. watching yourself. You are watching yourself. But and also there's a difference. You say it's homeschooling. It's not, that's not the right terminology. It's actually online schooling. There's uh-huh. a difference between homeschooling oh, and yeah. online schooling. You're online with mm-hmm. a classroom. You have a teacher and you have an interaction with your teacher and with the class. You actually sit down and have classes mm-hmm. and have to interact with your other students. You have field trips yeah. and all that. And the you parent is not your teacher. They are there as a coach mm-hmm. to make sure you're doing your work and that you understand it. And they're like a mediator between your teacher and yourself to make sure that the work is being done and that you do understand what mm-hmm. you're doing. So that is an option yeah and also. it's like a public school right so it it's is a free. public school and it's so it's not like a charge some online schooling are free there oh. are some that is not free oh really yeah so you just have to do your research to mm-hmm. find the right one for you yeah but it's important not to feel stuck at one school if you're mm-hmm. being like tortured mm-hmm. yeah that is true and to 
seek some type of help or um, speak up to mm-hmm. let people know what's going on and advocate for yourself and exactly. your parents are there hopefully to advocate for you too Absolutely. but violence is not the way to end it mm-hmm. to end the torment or whatever mm-hmm. you're going through also don't bully although i'm not calling yeah. Aaron himself bullies at all i'm just saying don't in bully. other situations yeah. don't bully because that's not the way either mm-hmm. that's not the way either but it was this is a sad case and um our con- deepest condolences to the victims and yeah and this happened in Cold Spring, Minnesota, oh. which was 20 miles southwest of St. Cloud, mm-hmm. which is about about an hour or two from Minneapolis, I believe, the Twin yeah. Cities. So, yeah, that's what we're talking about today. And, um, yes, again, our deepest condolences. And we look forward to our next case in two more weeks mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about. Yeah. So I hope everybody is well. And I hope that um, everyone is doing well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to close today with, with what we always say, that we only focus on notorious crimes in Minnesota. But remember, there's, there's notorious, notorious crimes, crimes everywhere. everywhere. The meaning behind Wednesday's national demonstration had a different feel for students at Recorey High School. This holds extreme importance to us because we, as a community, have experienced the aftermath of a situation similar to this. Across the country, students and staff are honoring the 17 victims of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting that happened in Parkland, Florida last month by a coordinated national walkout demonstration in support of gun control. However, for students at Recorey, they were not only honoring those who died in Florida, but also the two students, Seth Bartle and Aaron Rollins, who were killed in 2003 in a school shooting at Recorey High School. Fourteen and a half years ago, we had a heck of a storm here. One of my students that I had in class was shot at Recorey High School. The strength and resolve of this community is demonstrated again this morning as we've all come together to pay tribute to the two lives that were lost here in 2003 and the 17 lives that were lost in Parkland, Florida. Seniors Rachel Thiesen and McKenna Prill helped lead the demonstration. Both say although neither of them knew Bartle or Rollins personally, their legacy is never forgotten at the school. But every day we drive past this and we're reminded and going to school with the teachers who went to school with them or were teaching at the time. It's their spirit definitely lives on. Yeah. Other faculty and staff also spoke during the memorial. Warren Christie, a teacher at Recorey High School, says students have the power to make a change when it comes to gun violence. We need to continue the conversations of how to lessen the gun violence that is taking place in America. The students of Recorey are making consistent progress toward making our schools safe. They are the rainbows that I see every day. Meanwhile, in Sartell, more than 125 high school students participated in the National Student Walkout. Members of the Sartell Student Council say this demonstration was about doing something with their student body to show respect for the students that gave their lives in Florida. Superintendent Jeff Schwiebert says, while I applaud our students for using their First Amendment rights, I am also required to follow school policy and provide a normal school consequence for missing class. Depending on the individual student's history of missing class, this discipline could be very minor or significant, and students had a choice and knew the consequences. It is my hope that the collective student voice will be heard and that all of us will listen and make our schools a safer place for kids. With Chrissy Getke, I'm Alex Wykowski, WJON.